Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Morgan J. Ingram here, uh, Director of Sales, Execution Evolution at J. Barrow Sales Training, and I will be filling in for today's episode of the podcast. John is on a flight right now to India, so I will be filling in the gap with a couple questions you all asked <clears throat> on the cold calling webinar, and then also essentially some questions that have been asked in the Facebook group. So, also be on the lookout for this week. I'll be heading up to Toronto for the cold calling workshop that will be happening. That will be really exciting. So I know some of you that are listening to this podcast today will be there. So I'll get to meet you in person. Um, and if you're in the Toronto area, it would be great to connect with you. So we'll be doing that. It will be probably my last travel for the year and may do some additional stuff depending as we kind of wrap up the end of December. But normally in December for us, <clears throat> from a sales training perspective, a lot of people are <laughs> trying to talk to this because they're trying to close. But I know our travels will be a lot in January, February, and March. And so be on the lookout for those locations. You guys can connect with us. It's been me traveling a good bit as well. So uh, now things are slowing down. So really just having that strategy for the next year. I'm super excited for it and, and the team's excited as well. So I'm going to hop into this podcast episode today just going to be answering some questions providing some cool calling tips um and then also going through the questions in the facebook group so here's a question that we got was hey what's your strategy for getting through a gatekeeper that asks why you're calling so i think that this is a very tough question and the reason i believe it's a tough question is because there is no silver bullet, right? I mean, if we knew the silver bullet, then, hey, this would be a lot easier. But I think when it comes to, like, the gatekeeper, you really have to come with the the connotation that sometimes you just won't get through, no matter what the line is. So, you know, essentially for me, you know, what I do is I always ask, hey, I'm trying to talk to so-and-so. And if they ask why I'm calling, I say, hey, I'm just following up on an email, which necessarily isn't really a lie. You're actually following up on an email they may have sent them, or you may be sending them an email, so you're just following up on it right? Part of a professional contact strategy. So what I would do when, when they, when you say that is normally they'll be like, okay, um, you know, what did the email say? Give them a quick value prop. If it's an, if it's an EA, definitely like fully give them the value prop and go into detail of what the research that you found. But a gatekeeper may not understand the context of the organization. So more so I would just stay on the side of making sure and telling them that, Hey, look, like this is what the value of the email was. And then essentially when that happens, they normally will ask you, okay, so, you know, what's the extension that you're looking to call? And so when they ask you that it's, they'll give it to you. And then once you get that extension, no, I always ask them, Hey, look, you know, what's the direct line that I can call just so that I don't get disconnected. So here's why, because when you, when they put you through, or maybe they didn't give you the extension or they do get the extension, sometimes you actually don't get the full direct dial. So you have to go through the operator again, because they may not have a phone tree uh, automation that you can just say their last name, it'll connect to them. So what you want to do is you want to be able to get that information, ask that question, write it down. So then you no longer have to go through the gatekeeper. So make sure that when you're asking for the extension or you're asking for to be put through, get that information so that you can call that person. So sometimes they'll give you um, cell phone numbers. I've gotten cell phone numbers before and that was really awesome. So just, just making sure that you're getting that information that's prompt and it's good to go for you. So another way you can go about calling gatekeepers is being super direct. So you can be like, hey, put me through the line, right? There's another thing you can do. But essentially at the end of the day, I mean, those are two tactics 
I, I don't really try to go too crazy with it because at the end of the day, they're either gonna put me through or they're not. And if they don't put me through and they're just being rude about it or they're just they're not doing anything at all, like another thing that I'll ask for is like, hey, you know, just real quick, like what's the best way to get in front of them? And sometimes it may be like email, which is like the go-to answer, but they may be like, well, they're really active on social, like try them there. Right. Or they could maybe tell you like, hey, an event's coming up and we're sponsoring so you can make an appearance there. Those are just examples. But you can also additionally use the framework of what uh, the emails that you have. So if you're emailing someone and you don't know if it's going through, it may just be bad data. That could be a good time to just recheck the domain. So, hey, look, you know, I understand you not be able to put me through. Can you actually set me up with some details on how this email address is? So they can easily give you real quick an email address that you can easily use and then now you can email that person and get through whatever the the firewall or the blacklist that may be put on right so it's just important to understand what the email is so then obviously you can send them good emails so those are my tactics with gatekeepers uh, another question on top of that is um or is he expecting your call a gatekeeper right so if they say hey um are they expecting your call um normally i just go no they're not just reaching out with this purpose and i, and I did this research and i do that with gatekeepers and executive assistants because I'm giving them a reason that I'm calling, so I'm not just a person that's just calling to call. So just like we talk about in our trainings is the reason for my call is there's a reasoning behind what I'm trying to do right there. So that's why I go with those two different tactics. So that's really how you handle gatekeepers. Again, this is all about A-B testing. Don't go too crazy with it, but that's a good way to make sure you can get some substance out there. Um, next is if you don't, the uh, next question is if you can't close the prospecting calls with the demo or next steps, what do you think about requesting sender, sending calendar invite for follow-up? So if you can't close on that call, they're neglecting you and things of that nature, what I always try to do is try to figure out when I can get that, again, that calendar by like that per, the person that mentioned this question for the next time we connect. Because it's going to be difficult for you to follow up with this person if there isn't a calendar invite, there isn't a note that you sent them to follow back up on. There has to be some context to get to reach out with them to them with to then solidify it again and then reconnect. So what I would do here is say, hey, look, you know, you told me, you know, you can't hop on a demo next week or the following week or this month. You told me to reach out in three months. So you can ask a couple questions here. Like, hey, look, you know, that's when you told me to reach out. You know, one thing we can do is I can send you a proposed calendar invite for a time to connect. And then, you know, with that time to connect, you know, be able to find us a time to reconnect and then have this conversation again. And the reason I always say that is we say, hey, look, you know, between now and then, I want to make sure we don't get lost in the weeds and I don't become an annoying sales rep when I follow up with you again, right, in two, three months, which basically means I will become an annoying sales rep if uh, we don't at least schedule some time for us to have a conversation again. So that's something I pay attention to. Um, another thing that you can do is if they say, hey, look, you know, I want. I don't want to reconnect um, in two, three months, or I don't want to put a calendar invite in there. Like, just reach back out. You know, we'll see if the situation change. Like, what I do there is I just say, "Hey, look, you know, I know that you don't want to put time on the calendar, and you know, when you don't want to put time on the calendar, like, that's obviously gonna be hardest for us to connect. But I understand that. You know, what would be the best subject line for us to email you with, right? That I can." get a response from so that we can end up reconnecting. Because what ends up happening is when people say reach out in 
two, three months, they don't want to reconnect with you, right? They get blown up and then now you don't have contacts and then now it's a lot harder for that person to, to connect with them with. So my suggestion is to focus in on, hey, look, like, I know, I know that at least there's some value here because you told me to reach back at this time and you responded. But at the same time, it's like we need to make sure we at least have some agreement. So when I do reach back out, there's at least some value there. So essentially what you're doing there is setting up the the email so that when you do send them that subject line, I don't care what the code word is. It could be winning the Winnie the Pooh. It could be Star Wars. It doesn't matter. But as long as you have an agreed upon subject line, that's going to obviously help you from a context standpoint to get that answer back. So I want some of y'all to think about that is, hey, when someone isn't doesn't want to move forward with the demo or the next steps, like making sure that you're getting some type of proposed calendar invite to reconnect with in three, three four months. And, or sending them, hey, or no, asking, what's the, calendar, what's the subject line that you can use to then reconnect with them with? So I'm just giving you guys some just information off that. But what you always want to think about is on every single prospecting call, on every single cold call, you want to make sure that you're getting some type of information that you can then leverage and use to reach them back out with. Because for the most part, you're not going to get a, you're not going to get another shot probably to get, get that person on the phone again. It's again, as we all know, hard to get people on the phone. I'm not saying don't make calls, but it's a lot harder. So if you're able to understand that it's going to be better at the end of that call, if you at least get some type of next steps. So those are some things to consider. I'd use those tactics. I use those same tactics and they're really beneficial, but you want to make sure again, you're getting some type of information on that call so that when you reach back out, you're having a good conversation. And even then, if they reject all those, you can be like, hey, look, you know, at the end of the day, for context, you know, when I reach back out again, you know, why is it not a good time to talk? And they'll give you some, some context there. So some things to consider. Another another question um, that we have here, and this is a this is kind of around when people are telling you, hey, I'm, I'm in a meeting or I'm heading into a meeting. Go ahead, there's a question that we got. So when you get that question, like really think about a way to dissuade the conversation. So when someone says I'm heading into a meeting, I'm in a meeting, we all know that they're most likely not in a meeting or they're not heading in. Oh, they may be heading into a meeting, right? But they're trying to get you off the phone. So a couple of things that you can do, you know, I've said, hey, look, I'm heading into a meeting myself. Like, let's have a good conversation. So I'm just playing in the level and playing field. Um, when they say I'm in a meeting, I'm going to say, hey, I'm in a meeting as well. And I'm actually with my boss. And he said that this is one of the top tier accounts that we're trying to talk to based on X, Y, Z, whatever you found on your information and your research, and then use that as a leverage point to call. And then also additionally, what you could do is, oh, great. So you're in a meeting, like, go ahead and put me on speakerphone and I'll talk to everybody in the room, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I've done all those things before, but that's a way to just dissuade the situation. Like this all comes back down to just being different and being unique in the calls that you're making, because there's so many people out there that are saying the same thing. And when, you, when you're saying the same thing as everybody else, you're going to be treated like everybody else. So really just consider what are the things you're doing to make sure that you're getting the right value in the stuff that you're doing so that when you're doing that, you're obviously having a better conversation than everybody else, right? So think about how to dissuade the product, not product, the, dissuade the prospect so that you actually can have a beneficial, a beneficial, valuable conversation. So that's my advice on that is... Hey, look, someone's heading into a meeting or they're in a meeting. 
come up with an objection that you're comfortable with, right? Right. So like what I just said, like that's I'm comfortable in doing that, and I'd say it in a certain tone. So like obviously I'm not getting berated, but so it's just setting yourself up like that, making sure that you're having a thoughtful way of reaching out, and you're getting some good stuff. So that's my tips on that. Um, we also have another question based upon when you're when you're calling somebody like what are the best ways to be prepared before we make that call and i would say the best the best way to be prepared is have a cold calling not script but talk structure so know what your intro is so i know what my intro is every single time hey bob thanks for taking my call do you have a few moments right then I have the reason for my call is, and then it's based on personas. So persona-based messaging based on calling, right? I got my call to actions. You know, do you want to set up a 20, 30 minute introductory call? Do you want to meet up for a use? Uh, do you want to meet up at an event? Come to the webinar, right? Things that I set up. Those are things that I'm going to try to do. So always think about what your cold calling talk track is, because when you understand your talk track and your structure, that conversation becomes a lot more confident. And now you're seamlessly coming inside of that that frame and now you're just only focused on impact value impact value impact value and that's what you want to think about every single time you make those calls so consider that going into before hey before i make these calls like set up the process that then integrates with the things that you're going to say so then it actually becomes valuable for those people so going to get off of cold calling tips a, a little bit but those but those things are important uh, I want everyone to that's listening to take those tips write them down try them out today when it really comes to being good on the phone I think just getting results is it just comes down to understanding how do you handle objections for you for you right for not for everybody else how you handle it for you cuz again the way you say stuff is going to be different so you got to understand that and then also having a structure to a talk track around the people that you're calling and then also making sure that you're oh another tip that I'm sorry to mention actually is being proactive in those voicemails so when you're leaving a voicemail always say the beginning of the value that you're leaving and then at the end leave hey look this is you know Morgan Ingram from Jamie Barrel sales training no need to call me back following up with an email that has more value on the on the voice just gave you. So first name, their first name, the reason for my call is maybe you have a case study, maybe you have a use case, testimonial. Say your name, or your name at the end, contact information, and then after the contact information, say, hey, I'm going to follow up with you. It could be like a video. It could be a blog post. But you in our voicemails, you don't. You always want to be progressive to the next step so that they have something to look forward to receive. So that's what I always tell people on voicemails. You won't – you might not get a call back. That's not the whole case of leaving a voicemail. I think that's very few and far between. You just want them to check out the new information that you're sending them. So, again, that's a ton of tips on cold calling. Be confident in your cold calls. Everybody, like we're in December right now. This is one of the hardest times to schedule opportunities for sure. However, if you can get people on the phone, which people are starting to wind down and a lot more people, I mean, a lot less people are going to be in the office. So a lot more executives are willing to pick up the phone. So just do that and use that information to be successful. So on top of that, let's go into some different questions from the Facebook group. So one question from the Facebook group was, how would you do messaging or sales cycle um, change without the use of case studies and customer references? So essentially, how are you sending out information that when you don't have those use cases yet? So that's where it comes down to persona-based messaging. So you need to figure out, hey, what are the three, four, five top personas that we interact with that are going to be the end users who are going to be the people who are the decision makers and signing these deals? So that's why at the end of the day, you have to create that persona-based messaging matrix. And by creating 
that persona-based messaging matrix, now you can come into your calls more confident. So now when you're reaching out, you can do it at volume and at scale, and you're profiling people based on how they would interact with you. And then based on that interaction, you now have an easier way to reach out to people. And also going into the second part of that question, the sales cycle. So now because you set yourself up for success, and now you're understanding what those personas are and those challenges and priorities, you can now talk directly to that in the sales cycle. So you can be like, hey, you know, I I know one of the things that executives like you or people like in your role say X, Y, Z, and then setting that up for the right things that you want to talk about. And that's, again, more beneficial to do. There's a lot of work on the upfront, but on the back end, that you're just going to really do more results because now you're talking directly to them and you're not talking at them, right? You're now with them in the same room and they understand, hey, look, at least this person may not do the job that I'm doing, but at least they understand what I go through and now I can have a better conversation. And then essentially, I did the same thing when I joined Jay Barrow. So I went through the VP of Sales Enablement, VP of sales, VP of sales development, and we figured out what are the top five priorities of those people, created messaging off of that, cold calling, talk tracks out of that. And then when I'm in sales cycle conversations, because I understand the priorities, I can map that back to what our solution is and how we best help companies with sales training. So I want you all to think about that as well. Information's in your CRM. You can obviously ask somebody um, in the organization that has that information, but as if you can get that, all that stuff, now conversations are better, your follow-up stronger, and now you're not just doing doctor checkup, as John says, doctor checkup questions, you're doing something that's more poignant and that's going to get more results. And so uh, on top of that, the sales cycle, you're going to be able to follow up with meaningful information. You're going to be way more credible in those conversations because you understand that those person's pain points, their industry, and you'll be able to stand out from everybody else because most people, like like as you all know, those stuff that you watch from us is they're going through the motions. So we're always trying to figure out how can we evolve, but you can just be that incremental increments better by just focusing on, hey, look, I know your priorities and pain points because I've studied them. I took the time to research them. Again, I'm not in your role, but I've, I've taken the time to do that. So that's why that's important there as well. And so, again, that's how you set up messaging and sales cycles. That's the answer to that question. Getting the prospects excited. I think getting the prospects excited is something, obviously, that is tough because we're in a world with so much noise. And so to create urgency is a tough thing, right? That's one of the hardest things to do in sales. So in order to do that, it really comes down to reiterating what someone tells you they're looking to accomplish. So if someone says, hey, we're looking to accomplish this in this timeline, we're looking to deal with these challenges and these priorities, you know, based on these challenges and priorities, this is where our solution fits. And then you send them an email, so we call it summer email. You send them that email, that conversation of what you had. Now that person becomes a lot more confident in what, you're selling them. And also you can always point back to that email to be like, Hey, look, like, this is what we talked about. You told me in this time frame, this is when you want to make a decision. Let's do it. So that's one thing that I'd focus in on is how do you get prospects excited? Is that now on a cold call, all you're doing is really just selling time. 
It's always a lot harder to get someone excited in a minute or two. Best way to get someone excited goes back to use cases and customer success stories. Because if you're able to come out the gates with that, that's going to be beneficial. So, you know, one thing I could say is, hey, you know, we helped a company with cold calling and in their training, they set up four meetings. And then one of the reps now is scheduling close to 10 meetings a, a week with phone calls. So that's a an amazing stat. So now I can use that as a leader to be like, oh, shoot, now I'm fired up because if they're giving, if I'm doing results for that person, then if we can get similar results, now I'm more interested in the conversation because that is results driven and that's data data that now I can use to then sell move forward, right? So those are ways to get your prospects excited. I think it really just comes down to holding them accountable to what they said, making sure that you're coaching people in the right direction when you're a manager to make sure that you're getting people excited uh, to, to get their excitement for those summer emails. And then also it's calling with confidence and then having those use cases that provoke, promote more confidence. So I think those are ways to do that in a successful manner. And then uh, la- kind of last wrap-up question here from the group is, and this is a question I asked, was what are you all doing for the last sprint of the year? So I saw a couple answers. People are building a pipeline for Q1. People are looking at deals where they can close. People are trying to clean out their pipelines. People are doing strategy meetings. We had one the past couple of days ago. But I want to go back to point number one is building pipeline for Q1. Right now, that's my main focus. How many people can I already be talking to on the point of closing? Or, hey, at least they'll have a conversation with me at the beginning of next year. Like, that's the main thing that I want to focus on is how can I get the best pipeline going into the next year possible? Like, for the next month, lock in. How can I? I come in, pipeline's full. Everybody's ready for me to have conversations. We're running off to the gates right? Racing. That's what you want. So last sprint, if you're in sales, focus in on getting that pipeline full so that you don't have to deal with like negotiations and you're nickel and diming. You're, hey, look, I got a big pipeline. I got a ton of conversations, can sell the right way, and then also have a great year. So again, that's a lot of questions I just answered there. Facebook and the cold calling webinar. Again, be in Toronto this week. So if you're going to be there at the workshop, I look forward to connecting with you. Um, and if you'll be around the area, I look forward to connect with you as well. Um, I'll be in there for the weekend uh, and check out the scene. So again, I appreciate you all listening to the Make It Happen podcast. Um, as John would say, let's make it happen. Have a great week, guys.